Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Bonjour! And Dan. Hi! And today we are joined by a special guest, Ryan. Hello. Yay! Today we're going to be talking about Love, Simon and diversity in romantic comedies. So, spoiler alert for Love, Simon. Sit back, relax, or, if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, guys, let's just dive right into it. Um... Uh, well, I loved Love, Simon. Even... Uh, all of its themes set apart. I enjoy just fun high school flicks where they're all just going to class and just leading their normal lives. This is the first time that it, f- it felt it nailed it in a very natural sense for me. I definitely wish I had gone to that high school. It seems like everyone <laughs> gets along. Like, obviously, except for those two guys who With were... the boombox. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, bullies, but they also, like... What were they trying really, to accomplish? They were really lame. Like, no one else cared about yeah. them. Yeah. It's not like they were popular and they bullied people. They literally just, like... Bullies are only scary when there's real power behind, like, fueling their actions. And they were so just they were, they were, like, dweebs, you know? Like, I don't know. Is that is that what a dweeb is? I, I don't know. Right. They were definitely trying to act tough. You yeah. Know we, we've never been bullies, so we don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, overall, I enjoyed Love, Simon. It was a great love story, and then on its own, like, I agree, was a lot of fun. Probably because it was so lighthearted, and, like, Mm -hmm. that's what I needed whenever I watched it. It was just, like, a pick-me-up on top of, like, an emotional experience. Yeah, it's definitely one of those films that stands alone without its themes, and it's just very high school-ish. Like, people in my... School do that kind of stuff all the time. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, that's high school. No one really cares if you're the bully or not. And usually that's kind of how they are. They're not very threatening anymore. So, So, yeah, I just, I'm just really glad it didn't take the term. It's like, let's all get up our our picket signs or whatever and like protest against the system and try to make a change. It's like, no, it's just enacting like Mm -hmm. change within the, uh, sort of a tight-knit group, and then the feelings of the school overall. Exactly, yeah. They didn't try to overbear the theme and make it like, now the entire high school is LGBTQ supportive. It's just this one guy is looking for love. Mm-hmm. And that's what it stayed. Yeah, that that's a thing I think a lot of um, teen movies fall into, yeah. is that, oh, this one teen's having a problem... The entire school gets involved and rallies around it, and now everyone's on the same page when it seemed it was this one kid against the entire school. Now the entire school is backing this one kid. But this was a very real experience where it was one student, and he was like, this is my life, and this is what I'm going through, and everyone else is going through their own stuff. And yeah, I think it it was probably one of the better, like, high school movies that I can remember. That was the only issue I really had with the ending is everyone was there at the Ferris wheel and they didn't push too hard with that, but it, like, you could tell they kind of wanted to. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't, though, Mm -hmm. because in the book, yes, I prefer books, um, (laughs) at the ending, it's just him and his friends and then they just leave. He's just there on his own. So that's kind of what I prefer they would have done. But I didn't read the book. Um, Did they have that, like, anonymous blog post thing in the book? Yes, it was, you could post anything on there. No, like, it wasn't as 
more people were tuned into it in the book just because of the big bombshell. So it was, there was more interactions with the website mm -hmm. and more interactions with people just not being polite. Okay. Yeah, right. That makes sense. more drama starting up there. And yeah. uh, that's mm -hmm. also the idea of the Ferris wheel is echoed in the book as well. And then that's why it's the whole like finale. Yeah. Okay. And the, that is where everything kind of comes full circle. It's just ah, circle. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. But yeah, it was just him on his own. And that's kind of what the theme was going for. I think him on his own at the ending right. with someone else, of course, but he didn't know who. Yeah. In my mind, in this movie, the justification of like other high schoolers being involved, I was willing to accept it because of the anonymous blog and like mm -hmm. people love gossip. So like everyone read, he's going to be at the Ferris wheel. Let's all see if yeah. he shows up. Like I can totally see uh, like a, a friend group of girls that are completely removed from uh, from Simon's friend group. It's like, oh, did you like hear about the the nearest like development of the blog? It's like, oh, let's all go show up there and just like be there. To, yeah, but to I'd probably be it. more inconspicuous about it if I was peering into someone's love life. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many girls would be like right up there. all over, <laughs> all over this. It's, it's prime for them. Yeah, I think it. I speaking of the blog post, I think it was a very good portrayal of how high schoolers would um, react to something like that because, um, you know, we have things like Formspring and uh, similar websites. I can't think of another one. But, you know... Yik-yak. Yik-yak. Oh, yeah, perfect. And people would come up to each other and say, oh, did you see what this person put, like, had to answer? Or, or oh, did you see this <laughs> yik-yak? It was totally about this person. Just the calling each other out, that mm -hmm. for sure. And, um... A bit later on in the film, Martin is the the sort of separated, uh, over enthusiastic theater kid. Mm -hmm. He uses the the social media as a form to call out another another student. Yeah. Um, overall, I appreciated the format. Mo most of the time, I don't like narration and then like guiding it from scene to scene. But usually, I make exceptions when it's book turned into movie. Mm -hmm. So things like uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, which specifically is each chapter is a letter it's really hard to not have narration in that type of movie so i also give love simon the benefit of the doubt there and just the format of him writing emails back and forth with this um anonymous lover and as well as typing on the blog and that sort of being a narration as well i thought was a nice roundabout way of the narration and it makes things a lot more intimate too and in the sense that this story is about Simon and him, his like sort of search and self-discovery of this. So I like that we sort of have that decompression at the end of every day where it's Simon writing a, an email to Blue. It's sort of just on the most recent developments. And it's almost same goes for Blue as well in the sense that they're both helping each other and he inspires Blue to come out to his family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very important for, you know, young closeted people to sort of have someone they can talk to about that because I mean uh, I don't know for personal experience but I'm sure you know it's a very like lonely feeling and being able to have that sort of person to talk to about it I'm sure is very helpful yeah one thing I really liked in the movie is that he explains how lucky he is to have like such a supporting family mm -hmm. and he's like I haven't not come out because I'm afraid that my family wouldn't love me, but, and my friends wouldn't accept me. It's just a matter of 
things will be different and right now I don't want them to be different. And it's not a fear of rejection, it's just the fear of change, which I mm-hmm. think everyone can relate to. And I really enjoyed the sequence where he was saying, I'm going to come out when I go to college. college. Yeah, I love that. That montage of everything being super gay. Mm. And, he, and, he, and then at the end of it, he was like, maybe not that gay. <laughs> the um, line where his mom goes, you can believe now. When that was said, it was just kind of a moment where anyone in the community would kind of just go, they would believe. Because they realize, like, yeah, it's out there, but... It's who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was just a line that connects very easily to people who have had to come out. Because it's not easy. You may, like, looking back, I thought it was easy. But at the time, probably oh, yeah. not. Right. <laughs> and I think they had a great uh, scene in the movie as well to sort of explain it for anyone who's never experienced it. Where Simon is yelling at Martin because Martin um, outs him. And so Simon didn't get to do it himself except to his family. And he had this great moment of yelling at Martin and explaining, like, no matter what you tell me, you're not justified in taking that moment from Away me. from me. Yeah. yeah. It is mine to come out, and you took that. And they saved a big fuck you for that moment to keep it PG-13. They were only allowed to say it once. And they saved it for that moment, and I thought, that's a good choice. That was smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Italian chef finger kiss. <laughs> He's, in the book, he has justification. I'm using air quotes there. Because his brother came out as gay. So mm. he took all that anger and projects it. And throughout the complete ending, he's constantly trying to rebuild, and it is just, he just keeps getting shut down by everyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one is on his side. And he doesn't show up at the ending. Like, he's not there to help. Mm -hmm. He's just meant to be the person, like, oh, you were meant to hate him. And every (laughs) said, like, he is not redeemable whatsoever. I related to him. (laughs) No, he just... There uh, there were a lot of things that I understand why he um, tried so hard. And this was, like, a character that definitely exists in the world. And I think, Dan, you mentioned this. Of I took your or life. I've at least experienced uh, Martins in sort of the 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 reaches of friend groups or whatnot or even just some of Martin's tendencies. I'm like ah, that is totally something I've like seen myself do before or whatever. And no, it doesn't work, Martin. Stop. Be self aware, please. <laughs> um, there was that scene where Martin was at the Waffle House with Abby. And I definitely cringed as it was happening where he was getting up on the booth and he was telling Abby, like, stand up and say that you deserve a a goddamn superhero. And Abby was really uncomfortable. But even then, like, eventually she got up and she said it and she actually felt good about herself. And I thought that was kind of a stretch, but I understood how it could be something that was empowering. Um, And it almost made Martin like, oh, maybe Martin isn't that bad of a guy. And it sort of projected the good guy persona that Martin wanted, but then he reveals He gets his... the wrong... T- he takes mm-hmm. the wrong lesson away from it. Yeah, he takes the wrong lesson away from it, and he slowly reveals again the type of person he truly, truly is. So mm-hmm. he was like an onion. Everyone has seen yeah. Shrek. He has layers in him, and it's like, on the inside, he's kind. But on the inner side, <laughs> he was just forcing kindness because he feels entitled to things when he's kind to people. Yeah, it's yes. a very rom-com idea that, oh, I did this huge romantic gesture and it was responded to 
positively, so now I deserve a reward, and my reward is this other person. Whereas in real life, you know, that's not necessarily the case. And so... There's a good chance they'll never speak to you again if you yeah. do something like that in public. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, who leaves themselves logged on to a school computer? <laughs> rookie, <laughs> rookie mistake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh, I remember once in high school, I was logged on in the library. I walked out. And I was late to my next class because I realized, oh, no, I'm still logged on. And I had to go back and check. And, yeah, rookie move. You gotta... See, I'm the opposite. I'm the Martin. I went on to my workstation. I'm like, ooh, Matthew. Boy, 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 boy. Also, I hope you're doing well. In Out of state. Um, he saved his, his Hold essay. On. You just gave this guy's first, last name, and the state that he lives in. <laughs> I did. What's his age? <laughs> and social security number while we're at it. <laughs> we'll put some sound effects like like ooh Martin boy <laughs> hi boy <laughs> from I don't know do what you want from there. out of state <laughs> <laughs> out of state anyway he saved his essay onto the desktop and not his H drive or whatever so I opened up his little essay and right in the dead middle I was like hi it's Dan Matt. <laughs> Uh, I hope you proofread. <laughs> About a month later, <laughs> he's like, Dan, why did you do that? <laughs> I'm like, guess you didn't proofread. He's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, and I feel bad now. I think he learned his lesson, though. Yeah. What? I think I learned my lesson. <laughs> no, he learned his. He oh. went to out of state to start over, right? Oh. I imagine whatever you did to him forced him to leave. Uh, yes. It's not like he's super successful over there or anything. <laughs> Oh, maybe he is. <laughs> uh, one aspect that I felt forced in the movie was those inner conflicts conflicts within Simon's friend group. I could understand the whole aspect that Leah had a crush on Simon and her sort of being devastated that he comes out as gay. And I did like how easy it was to repair that relationship because she understood that, like, she yeah, she has a right to her feelings, but he didn't choose to be gay. Um, and she... And they were childhood friends, yeah. as they stated, so you could sort of feel that w there was enough history and relationship built up there that it wouldn't crumble apart yeah. based on, uh, this one devastating... Yeah, but the whole thing, thing with Nick and Abby, I felt was kind of forced of mm -hmm. Simon trying to hold Nick back so that Leah and Martin could sort of be a thing. It just sort of felt a little weird... How sort of formulaic or yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. What it done, is. not done to death, but... Um, to like start the beginning of the third act. Like it felt all forced to sort of create that tension of, oh, not only did he, was he forced to come out, but also now he's alone for real because his friends are all mad at him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely, like that was definitely forced. If someone's being blackmailed, like yeah. I would be annoyed, but I wouldn't be like, <laughs> oh, I'm done talking to you. In the book, they were kind of annoyed. They didn't really understand at first, but they do come around much quicker. Like, it's not as dramatic as they it's, forced it to be. And maybe this is just from not being in high school anymore, but they're high school people dating. And like, yeah. oh, you held us back for like two months. Yeah. We yeah. couldn't be together for those two whole months. That's like our whole high school career. And it was, uh, was it spring break that this happened just before the cusp of, or winter break? It was, yeah, it was Christmas break. Yeah. So I definitely have had those like weird friendships before where like if it is sort of like 
ambling off or like in a weird spot right before a long break and then you go that long extended break without talking to your friend but then when you all sort of go back to school and sort of reconnect and pick up the pieces and apologize so that that part felt realistic ish to me but yeah high school is a very strange like heightened reality where everything <laughs> seems so important but at the same time nothing is important so i could see them being oh we weren't together for two months we're only 16 Comparatively, that's a very long time to us because we haven't been alive that long. But then also, oh, we're at, we went on a break and then I forgot about it because we're it's high two schoolers. Weeks in high school, yeah. but in high school years, I mean time, it's months. <laughs> no, no, he was holding them apart for two months. Oh, like oh, whole, I yeah. get you. Thing. Definitely, that that's definitely something I could see high schoolers doing. Yeah. Like we take everything seriously. Oh, you! Someone said something like this. We're gonna hold on to that for like a month. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to. We just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then my last critique would have to be how they portray the morning routine of high school. How who does who has who has all that time to like wake up and pick up four friends or three friends and grab stop the coffee, <laughs> get inside, and then like say hi to the vice principal or was he the principal? Principal, I think. All right, say hi to the principal and then, like, get to class. Like, he had to have, like, a two-hour morning routine for all that to be successful. Maybe he had a late start. He'd always skip breakfast. Yeah. He would have... Yeah. That, this is... That saved <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, off Love, Simon, somewhat on topic, even in middle school and high school watching Ned's Declassified, I would be <laughs> like, how long do these kids have between classes? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, there were scenes where, like, they escaped class. Yeah. But... <laughs> As someone who has a four-minute transition period, that yeah. goes by a lot faster than you yeah. think it does. I was in the chorus wing. You should have walked faster. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I have students who pull that on me, and I'm like... You were in the eighth grade wing making out with your boyfriend. You know about that? <gasps> I know about that. <laughs> and now I'm tweeting about it. And now I'm recording a podcast about it. Emily. Now it's on Yik Yak. And I've been the one instigating all this drama. Oh, no. I'm blue. <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about that part. <laughs> oh, okay. I really liked how when he wasn't sure who Blue was, he'd imagine who Blue was, and we'd get to see what it would be like if that person was Blue, and he has that sort of fantasy of, like, meeting up and all that stuff. And it was... I thought it was a clever way to not just hear him talk or he, or see yeah. him type the letter or whatever. Um, I felt that the actor portrayed Devastation really, really well. Um, every time he got his hopes up that this person was blue or that person was blue, like he'd be really excited and have all these fantasies of what it would be like. And then they somehow reveal that they're straight and like, he just, he sinks back into himself and he's like, Oh, you were just trying to figure out if Abby was single. Oh, okay. Or he walks into the room and the guy is with this girl and he's like, Oh, okay. He's not, Oh, which, what a high school thing to do, to, like, sort of superimpose your uh, fantasy at the moment onto, like, uh, your environment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is definitely something that happens more in the com my community because, like, we have no idea unless it is said or unless mm -hmm. they somehow give you a clue, which yeah. that's rare in high school. No one knows what they want to be, so I connected oh, with you that. You can choose yeah. to be gay. 
That's that not what, what I meant. Is that, <laughs> what, is that what I just... You heard <laughs> no it here first, knows, folks. No one knows who they are yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's very difficult and, like, as weird as it's going to sound, yeah, everyone kind of has those moments in high school because you don't know and you're just kind of like, I hope it's, but mm-hmm. there's... Like ninety percent chance it's not yeah. gonna happen. Which is why I really like that scene with um Simon and Abby. This is after he's already come out to her in the car or whatever, and at the football game, it's like, Oh, what about that guy? The like looking at the football players so you're it's like he's pretty cute. He's like, ah, it's not really my kind of yeah, type. Yeah. It's like, Oh, what what is your <laughs> Oh yeah, when he when he has the opportunity to banter with someone about yeah. it finally. Yeah. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely banter that does occur. I can <laughs> confirm. <laughs> um and that's one thing that's uh, pretty unfair, but just how we are in society right now is that everyone is straight by default, mm-hmm. and that forces people who aren't to be in closets and to have to come out just to like be able to talk freely, and that's probably very frustrating. Um, There's even that whole comedic sequence where they turn that on its head, where it's like, you imagine if you, had to, if you had to come out if you're straight or whatever, and then it goes through the, the circle of friend groups, them coming out to their parents. Oh yeah, and that they were straight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, help me, starts like weeping. Yeah. <laughs> Openly weeping <laughs> that her child is straight. And so, yeah, and I'm kind of like wondering, my stupid heteronormative brain, like, what is the alternative? To assume that everyone is non-binary, um, pansexual, until they say that they are straight, or until they say that they are this or that. Like, I guess that would be the quote-unquote fair assumption, because that way, pretty much unless you are that specific assumption, you have to come out. It's one of those things where it would be nice, but it's not going to happen it's, anytime yeah. soon. Plus, it would be very unrealistic for us to expect yeah, that from exactly. people. Because, like, yeah. who's going to look at us <laughs> and think, oh, that's the same person right there? It's kind of, we can be overbearing with that at times. And it's definitely more of, like, you just have to know there's a high chance your heart's going to be broken mm. if you chase after someone. So... I mean, yeah. there's even that the whole time, like during Simon's life, that his father was like making all these comments yeah. or whatever, not knowing the entire time he was like actually hurting his son like yeah. a little bit and made it even harder for his son to come out. Yeah. And it's great. I, I love the father and how he was portraying. Yeah. He was like a sensitive feminist and cried more often than mom <laughs> and all that stuff. And even then, like, but they didn't exaggerate it or make him, like, a stereotype. He felt or... incredibly realistic reaction where definitely on the spot he might not have known how to have responded or reacted, but he's, but like, his they... heart and feelings, once he, like, uh, reflected on those, he we found out they were in the right place. Yeah, and I that's definitely, I agree, like, a mom would be more likely to be like, okay, like, do you want to talk about it? And the father is more like, in shock, not in a negative way, but literally just, like, he didn't know, and how could he have missed that type of thing? Mm -hmm. And his shock was more so, I've been hurting my son in ways that I didn't know I've been hurting him. Um, And then, yeah, coming together with those emotions later and having that talk with him was really nice. 
And then him, it was a great conclusion because it was a an emotional, heartwarming moment. And then he concludes with, "Let's sign up for Grinder together." <laughs> yeah, is that just like, no. first of all, the thing I love about that, like him and his father didn't reconcile in this whole. The scene wasn't like lit and made for them to make up. It was literally his dad sitting on the side of the yard with a hose or whatever. <laughs> like this, this is literally how these things happen. Yeah. Of how like about it, like sort of had a falling out with a parent or whatever, and we just avoid each other, and then we just randomly cross each other yeah. in the yard. I'm like, oh well. Guess this is happening now. <laughs> I can't remember if he comes around as quickly or has the same reactions in the book, but his parents are definitely a little more strict in the book because when he comes home drunk, he's grounded. Like he is oh, okay. The night of the is, Halloween party. Everything okay. is taken from him, his laptop, his phone, and he's devastated because he of it. Can't talk to because he can only do it at school. But he doesn't want to do it at school. Oh, because, and that's oh, how that led oh. to him leaving his email up no, open. No, that's that's just him being clueless oh. in the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, his parents were a little more strict in the book, but it makes sense why they ease up in the movies because like make him a little more liberal. <laughs> because there's the one lines like, "Are we good parents?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. home on cur- before curfew. <laughs> uh, yeah, and making the parents more liberal, I think, is a good choice to show that like even. If you think you're doing everything right, you still have to be mindful of, you know, things like that. Things that you don't know could still be hurting someone because um, I feel like there might be some people who, you know, think, oh, yeah, I'm not ignorant. I'm not hurting anyone. But it turns out, you know, you're making assumptions that you don't even know about and they are affecting people. Yeah, something as simple as if your default is that everyone is straight unless they say otherwise, you could be hurting people. Um, one thing when I think about always like opening my eyes to other perspectives. Oh, I don't know if I want to talk about this, but I will. So I was in high school reading Twilight fan fiction um, where... Great <laughs> <laughs> <Slash>. start. <laughs> Where yeah, Bella and Edward are people who can't sleep because they've both had sort of like traumatic experiences and other aspects of their lives. Um, Edward's like mom was killed in the fire and um, Bella was raped. And so that sort of led to like both of them just never being comfortable with their own thoughts and like being able to sleep because they'll always have nightmares about it. And then eventually, through some crazy coincidences, they end up just sleeping next to each other, and they can sleep peacefully. But anyway, I don't know why I gave that backstory, but that's that's the incredible fan fiction that I read. Um, the part I was referencing... What? What point? I apologize. I lost track of... Uh, so I thought this was going down like the Yahweh boot, where it's the two guys or something. I'm yeah. confused. Um, what I'm getting at, I'm sorry. So there's a scene where they are in the hallway, Edward and Bella are walking, and this other just random teenager bumps into him and Edward was like, hey, watch where you're going, like kind of casually, but a little like tough. And the other guy was like, your mom better watch where she's going. And it was like, oh, God. And Bella has to like grab Edward and sort of like push him into a classroom and be like, he didn't know, like he couldn't have possibly known. Like, I completely get like all of the emotions you're feeling right now, but that's not what he meant by it. And literally, ever since I read that, I don't make your mom jokes anymore mm-hmm. because, like, my default is everyone has all of their parents. Everyone is blah, 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 and everyone mm-hmm. is this. And so just being more sensitive about that. Thanks, uh, Twilight Fan Fiction. Uh, shout out to you. 
I don't know where you are nowadays, but... Oh, you gotta find that username, man. <laughs> you, you taught me a lesson. <laughs> that was worth it, right, guys? That no, yeah, sure. 100%. <laughs> I want all of that in, and I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> no, as weird as it is, like, I've never been one to dive into that kind of stuff, because I'm like, it's weird. It's because there are some people that very fetishize it. Like, mm-hmm. they think, oh, this is just what it is. This is... But there are also people, like, who just write it with trauma and all that. And that's kind of some, like you said, that's some people's way of getting different perspectives. Even if it is a little (laughs) unusual means of getting it. But I get what you're going for. Yeah, I would definitely say I would not write my own Twilight fanfiction. But I will read (laughs) them. Please do. Um... I completely forget their name, but Ryan, did the uh, the trans character, did they have a more pronounced role in the book, would you um, say, or about the same? I don't even remember if they're, like, I remember them being in the book, but I don't think they really have that much of a discussion. Like, they might, it might just be my bad memory, but I think they have one discussion, and it's after the um, beatbox thing. Yeah, where, the going to the principal's office yeah. incident. But it's more of just like, I understand what you're going through. That's that's all that's really said. Yeah, that's what was my like, takeaway from that scene as well. What it's just like a saying? single line really. Um, where after the, the bootbox bootbox, <laughs> the boombox incident in the lunchroom or whatever, and they get called to the principal's office or whatnot. So oh, it's a uh, Simon. I think, I don't I don't think he is. I think he just I came out. Maybe just a more feminine. Yeah, I think he's just more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clear that up. I really like that character. I think his name was Ethan. Ethan. That sounds about right. And yeah. he had great one-liners. He was he delivered. He them oh great man did his. Like, he had a response for everything yeah. <laughs> and won, and it was great. <laughs> I'm glad they had that for him. Mm-hmm. And again, that just portrayed the bullies as like they had no power. I don't know why they existed. <laughs> But he had the whole, like, micro-penis. What is that, a baby carrot? Let's get some hummus in here. All those <laughs> <lines. Yeah. laughs> so good. Those were all great lines. <laughs> they were. I really like the hummus line. <laughs> um, the drama teacher in the book, she's basically the same. She has a little bit more of a visceral reaction to the students in the book. Because mm-hmm. in the book, you're allowed to swear as much as you want. Right. So she kind of goes off a little bit more on them, but I can't remember if it's Ooh, too crazy, but she definitely, he, she is something, someone Simon idolizes somewhat. It's not directly stated, but it can be inferred that he looks at her as someone he wants to be. One character I did like was the <laughs> principal uh, Buster. That's not his name, but he plays Buster in Arrested Development, and I don't know his actor's name or his character's name. But Buster also had that sort of heteronormative mentality. And although he was good intended, he made a couple of mistakes along the way as well and sort of made things a little uncomfortable. Um, And I thought it was a nice portrayal of people who think they're doing good and people who think they are progressive and not ignorant, but can still mess up. Um, One thing was when everyone returned from break and he and the principal had read the blog too he like was talking to simon was like when i said like i i see you in me i i didn't mean like it that way and simon was like yeah i know you didn't oh, i remember and, oh that hit hard <laughs> but he was trying and like the day after like 
he had the LGBTQ uh, flag pin. Yeah. And so, like, he clearly was trying to show support and tried to create a safe environment. But that doesn't always mean that you're going to be successful. And don't take that as an attack. Don't make it about you failing at being safe. Just recognize that you're getting feedback and adapt. The pin, I think, was mentioned, and it was that was the only real significant part. Like, he walks in and sees the pin, and that's it. Like, I think... I don't really remember the principal in the book. I think he's kind of a new thing, but I'm glad they put him in there just for, like, yeah, he has no idea how to respond, and that's just kind of showing certain people, like, yeah, this is kind of how you act when you're trying to be, like, oh, you know. Sort of an exaggerated um, reflection of what uh, a lot of older people in our society tend to react to. I think think that was the point point of his character. Yeah, I I can... Yeah, which again, I think is important to show that, like you said, and this is similar to the parents, yes, they're good intentions, but it's still awkward. Like, they don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it is a generational thing. It is a heteronormative thing. And I think it's something that um, does need to be addressed in movies like this, so people just kind of check themselves a little bit more frequently. Yeah. Which... Brings us up, wow, we took a long time reviewing this, but <laughs> we do want to talk about the fact of diversity in rom-coms and the fact that this is one of the first rom-coms, or teenage rom-coms, um, that portray um, sort of, I guess, gay lovers. Yeah. One thing that yeah. I am maybe slightly, not, I wouldn't say upset, but there's the the doors now open for it. Take advantage of it, young screenwriters and Hollywood producers that um, I, I would like to see this sort of similar form done again, and maybe we discover our blue character a lot sooner, and we get to experience yeah. that relationship instead of it tacking it on at the end there, and that's the, the victory and resolution. Right, and I think that's more the rom-com formula, is once they get together, it ends. It's, yeah. But, yeah, what you're saying is, let's put that representation in more than just rom-coms and put it in other uh, genres of movies where we actually get to see the relationship. And it not be the focus of the movie where, like, hey, everyone, come see this movie because it's a gay couple. It's everyone, come see this movie. It's really good. The two main characters are a gay couple. That's, like, one aspect of it, but it's not the focus. This is just a relationship that we see build and fall apart and rebuild and then and normalize it, I guess, is what we are getting at. Or did I just put words in your mouth? Um, I will take those words. Sure. <laughs> Get, getting at that idea, um, part of why this movie, I think, is received so well is because, yes, obviously there are themes and messages about homosexuality, but for a lot, for a lot of it, it is just a teen movie where the teen happens to be gay. You know, like the thing about losing your friends, the thing about having this anonymous um, pen pal that you have a crush on and you don't know who it is. That could be with, you know, heterosexual lead. It could be with a homosexual lead. It could be with a bisexual lead. Um, So I think it was done in a way that provided a message but didn't seem like it was pandering. It wasn't, like you just said, Alex, come see this movie because it's about... Come see the film that will change the generation's aspect. Exactly. It was was just a... Come see this movie. Sorry, go. There is definitely a thing where people who make those sometimes like to think, oh, this should just be the focus of it when it needs to be the relationship. Yes. You cannot... 
You cannot just have two characters that are gay and completely flat and shove them in basically a situation where it doesn't make sense. That's mm-hmm. pandering, and it doesn't help anyone. It just kind of makes us more like, yep, yeah, well, this is what we're going to have to deal with in Hollywood, making us less likely to go see the films. Yeah, it's like, oh, you still don't get it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I would share similar feelings for Black Panther, where it was a superhero movie, it happened to be incredible, and most of the cast was black. Mm-hmm. Like, and everyone wanted to see it, and it wasn't specifically because it was uh, the first black superhero. Come see the first black who... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully we're... I'm glad you brought up Black Panther, because particularly with that movie, but also with movies like Love, Simon, and Call Me By Your Name, um, and Get Out, and all these other movies that are before might have been um, ignored are now kind of at the forefront of our thoughts. Hopefully that's setting us on a trajectory where we're going to see movies like that, where it's like, hey, come see this movie, it's really good. And then you get there and it's, oh, it's about a, a gay relationship. I didn't even know that going in, but... Yeah, but they also, they have to be careful too, like, definitely progress, but at the mm-hmm. same time, if they go too quick, they're, they run a very high risk of separating the people that they're trying to connect with and explain it to. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. They have to, it has to be a steady pace. You mm-hmm. can't just go 0 to 100 because it's going to be overwhelming for people. And um, they also have to walk the line carefully because this was a teen movie. And they had to make sure it didn't lean too far to adult themes, especially with relationships, mm-hmm. which can happen very easily in gay stories where, oh, they're 16 and 17, but they're definitely doing things you, like, no one at that age would understand. So they have to, like, I don't think that's as big of a risk as going too fast, but it's definitely there. Yeah, or it's like, this high schooler is going to, like, a some club that they would never... Why are they in this, like... Yeah, like, why would they... club party or... Yeah, yeah, no one would put themselves in that situation (laughs) because it's just awkward. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't... So... Yeah, I think that is uh, a good thing to think about. You don't want to move too fast because then it sort of seems like you're ignoring... Yeah you know, certain aspects. And limiting, again, the diversity of the possibilities. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a story about a gay couple. Well, let's stay, they meet at this gay club and they have a few drinks and they have a great night. It's, yeah. yeah. Let's get more stories beyond that meeting up in the gay club. Yeah. <laughs> but And definitely, when I think of all of the romantic comedies that I guilty pleasure early watch, is that a phrase? But, it is now. It is now. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, they're all about straight couples, a man pursuing a woman, a woman pursuing a man with some arbitrary twist that I love, like time travel or (laughs) writing um, a post about losing a guy in 10 days or something like that, just off the top of my head. Uh, Or on a whim, they go to America or Europe for the winter holiday. Yeah, Or like one of them has amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, like one of them is their boss, but they're going to portray each other as like a couple because um, I don't even know why. What was the justification in that one? <laughs> or or they're like, hey, let's just stay friends and not get feelings. But still but do still it. But still do it. Or that same movie with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. You done? <laughs> <laughs> what we're getting at is there are a lot of straight couples in rom-coms yeah. and we need more diversity. Mm-hmm. 
And the arbitrary twist shouldn't be their sexuality. It shouldn't be, it's a rom-com, but it's a gay couple. It should be a rom-com that happens to have a gay couple, and the arbitrary twist is, I don't know, one of them's has amnesia. Yeah, and, we're not, and we're not limiting it to <laughs> straight couples or gay couples. Those aren't yes. the only two options yeah. out there either. And that is a, that's another thing I think um, that kind of gets... there. There's usually kind of a breakdown of just two groups that only get talked about. Um, I was watching this review of the Oscars from a few years ago, and people were... This was when they did the Oscars So White um, mm-hmm. movement, and... Everyone was saying, you know, we need more uh, black and Latino actors. And one of the panelists was Asian. And he was like, or more Asian actors. And, and they were like, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, th- I, yeah, that, that was just a good point to bring up. You know, there are other groups that we haven't explicitly been talking about. But they also need to be brought in as well. Agreed. There should be movies about people who are pansexual, asexual. Mm-hmm. And things like that, just because you need to understand, like, yes, LGBTQ, the first thing you really think of is gays. Like, for some reason, that's what most people default. Whereas there's the all these other people that sometimes feel like they don't exist to people. Mm-hmm. Especially um, asexual, bisexual, or pansexual. Some people just go, so you, you're weird, is what I'm getting. Right. Because, like, they just don't understand it. At the same time, like... I understand why they don't get it, because I sometimes am like, oh, like, it took me a long time to realize certain things, so... And that, ju- and that can only exaggerate the loneliness going on, yes. because not only within the general community do we have confusion, but within the LGBTQ community, there's some contradiction there and frustrations within each other. Like, there's a large group of LGBTQ people who don't believe that bisexuality exists. It's just like, oh, you just haven't committed to being completely out yet. And yeah. like, you're using it as a as a cover-up, which maybe some people have done that, but you can't just dismiss an entire aspect of someone's personality because you don't believe in it yeah. or because you've never experienced it or something like that. Right. It's a rainbow for a reason. Covers yeah. each end of the spectrum. Yeah. Spectrum? Sexuality is a spectrum, Dan? <laughs> well, fun, yeah. <laughs> um, that reminded me of the character, the Todd from Scrubs, and um, there's a scene where he kind of comes out in the episode, and then at the end is like, "No, I don't think I'm gay." And then it's him walking down a hallway, and he's looking at every person he passes, whether a man or a woman, and he's like, "I'd hit that, that too." That's nice. And then someone at the end of the hallway goes, what are you? And he goes, I'm the Todd. Just yeah. a very nice like acceptance of this is who I am. The phrase is actually nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Oh, nothing wrong with that. And it'd be like young, old, um, black, oh, white, yeah, right. uh, man or woman. And it's, it's a good scene because yeah. the fact is you don't need to be defined just to experience your sexuality. The fact that some people get to pinpoint it is great, but you can't assume everyone will have an exact title for themselves. They're just aroused by certain things, or they're ro- they feel romance from certain people. Yeah, the like a- dogs. 
I I think humans are. By the way, if you haven't checked out our uh, Shape of Water podcast, you should check out that episode. I'm so glad Joe tried to go through. Yeah, humans. That's great. What were you going to say, Jim? I was going to say, um, yeah, I, I like the idea of the spectrum because I think humans are predisposed to want to put things in categories and it just makes survival easier to be like, this is that thing, that is that thing, this is that thing. But sexuality isn't necessarily something that can always be broken down into, you know, you are only aroused by this one type of person 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, when he said, I'm Todd, or whatever it is, <laughs> that Todd. is the Todd. <laughs> um, people need to understand, just because someone is gay, bisexual, whatever, it doesn't matter. You cannot just assume that is their default trait. Mm-hmm. I have seen that way too many times in books or short cinema. People think that is the only character that they need. Like the show Riverdale. I hate it, but I watch it. <laughs> I hear so there's, much about it and complain. <laughs> there is this one gay character, and that's that's his thing. That's what media tends to do. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I'm the Todd. It's just the perfect line to just kind of sum up, like, no, they're a person. They're not this. Right. So. Yeah, I think that is something that happens a lot. It's just like, okay, this character is a writer, and he's, like, really struggling trying to break out this is his best friend he's gay and then they move on and it's like yeah, this character and like they feel like yeah you know he's gay gay, gay, was, first what I mean. gay was a big yeah, enough exactly. trait where now everything else is defined for him yeah, yeah that's probably not a good thing <laughs> i'll definitely say that i fall into the category of thinking i'm progressive but ignorant in that fact because sometimes people will be like oh like you kind of like act gay sometimes and i'm like no because i don't have a fashion sense and that's my reasoning for not being gay. <laughs> also, I'm not attracted to men. That was the other thing yeah. I always forget to mention. Um, there's a quote from an abridged series, and he goes, yeah, and I'm only gay for the fashion sense. It's kind of uh, like his way of saying, you're an idiot for thinking yeah. that. Like, it's just simple things like that are very easy to fix, but sometimes it's almost like they don't want to fix them because it's much easier to just have one trait for a character because... You, that's all you have to focus on. Right. So, it's like token gay guy, token black guy, token mm-hmm. whatever. Yes. If you're not straight white male, then your trait is the fact that you're not straight white male. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next week when we talk about Pacific Rim Uprising and Guilty Pleasure movies. If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all so much again, and if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.